Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast Rooted. My name is Kennedy Tippins. I'm so excited to have y'all here today. I know that I said last week that I might talk a little bit about some stuff I learned at camp and that is exactly what we're going to be doing today. I want to talk about the spirit of distraction, which is actually so funny that I'm talking about this. The Nashville school systems in the city that I live in canceled school tomorrow. So I have Oliver, the little boy that I nanny, sleeping over with me. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw my story. He is quite literally passed out right next to me. Um, And my cousin is about to come down here any second and probably laugh at me that I'm literally laying in bed with my computer and my microphone with him knocked out next to me. And that is just such a testament to the spirit of distraction that even though there can be a lot of things going on in our lives and stuff, sometimes there's things that we still have to do that are really important. And for me in my life, this is one of those things. And I'm really excited to jump into this today. So with that being said, let's get on into it. Basically, the layout of the camp that I was at is basically like a lot of other church camps where, you know, you have your sessions, you have a morning session and an evening session, and uh, ours does an afternoon session as well. It's a little bit shorter and it's structured a little differently than uh, the other sessions. But the first night on Friday, there was a session that we did. It was the very first one and all the kids had been traveling all day and they were really tired. But during worship, I could just feel this spirit of distraction. And I was looking out at all of the kids and I could see them talking and messing with each other. And they all kept having to use the bathroom collectively in groups as that happens to go. But I was just seeing how much talk was happening during worship and how much we were on our phones and you know I was just seeing a lot of distractions and they weren't necessarily doing anything wrong. I think that when we think of distractions we automatically assume it's negative and that it's wrong and that you know any distractions we should absolutely take away from our lives because blah, 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 blah. but That's actually not true. And when I was thinking about distractions, I immediately had a bunch of stuff flood to my brain and I started just writing it down. I went to the back of the room and I had my own little space and I just started writing. And I realized that when the devil needs quick access to us, he sends a distraction Anything that can take your eyes off of God, the important thing, anything to take your focus away from him, even if it isn't particularly bad. And I was thinking about the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus was going to Mary and Martha's house. He was going to be there. And Martha was so caught up in chores that she wasn't focused on the bigger picture. And We're going to go back into that in a little bit, but I just started thinking about that and maybe it's a friend that's sitting right next to you in church that you are supposed to be 
walking with them in faith and you're supposed to be walking in life with them. And, you know, sometimes it can be really hard to not talk and not joke around during church or during whatever. But I was just thinking about the things that distract me when I try to sit down and listen to the word of God. And maybe it is bad. Maybe it's a death or a loss of a friend or a spouse or anything like that. Maybe the distraction is depression. Maybe the distraction is anxiety. Maybe the distraction is just you going to work and you working and and you're just so busy. Work, school, volleyball, football, hockey, whatever it may be. Those aren't bad things. You know, like being busy and living life isn't bad, but not focusing on God and not focusing on why are you doing those things? Are you pleasing the Lord through those things? Are you pleasing the Lord at school? Are you pleasing the Lord at hockey practice? Are you pleasing the Lord at work? That's the issue. The enemy can take anything, anything that involves your time and turn it towards him and Sometimes we can get so caught up in, you know, our schedules and our routines that we don't notice it. And um, anything or anyone who takes your eyes and your actions away from Christ is considered a distraction. And I was talking to someone the other day about distractions because I brought it up in our staff meeting the next morning just to let the other staff members know and camp counselors know that we need to be looking out for the spirit of distraction. And I went down this whole thing that I'm pretty much going to be talking about today, so I won't spoil it, but I went on my whole spill about stuff that I had written down. And at the very end of it, I was like, if the enemy can't get to you, through your friends or through your mind or through people around you he's going to make you have to go to the bathroom you know like I swear it was like every single time I sat down to listen to a sermon I had to go to the bathroom and you're gonna want to go to the bathroom with your friends because like duh obviously um I think that's a girl thing but I don't know I noticed the guys were doing it too but they don't really admit it but sometimes the distraction is ourselves The devil, like I've always said, will always sound like us. And so I think that we don't recognize it because it's us. Hey, you have to do this today. You have to do this. Don't forget you have this today. Don't forget you have this appointment. Don't forget you have this after school program. Don't forget that you have to be at work early because you signed up for an extra shift. Don't forget that you told this friend you would get coffee with them this week. Don't forget that you have to do this. And I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the enemy telling you those things, but it is the enemy stepping in your peripheral vision, keeping your eyes and your focus away from God. When we think about all of the things that we have to do and we're not thankful that we get to do them. And let me break that down a little bit for y'all, but Basically, sometimes we're so focused on the things we have to do, we don't have the mindset that we get to do stuff. I used to be in a um, like a counseling group where I would go out with these girls and it was like a group of girls and my counselor would be there and we would go out and we would just kind of talk about our lives and just 
it wasn't like a support group, but it was like a group that my counseling office put on or whatever for girls my age. And so I went and um, they would always say who gets to pray before we would eat meals. They would say it's a blessing to get to pray. And every time I heard it, I just fell in love with it. Who gets to pray? Because, you know, like I feel like we've all been in those awkward circles where they're like, okay, who wants to pray? And then no one raises their hands. And then we all feel bad that we don't raise our hands. And we're like, okay, well, that's awkward because I don't want to pray because what if I'm not good enough at praying? Or what if I mess up? Or I don't even know what to pray for. Or you have anxiety about that. Who gets to pray? We get to play that sport. We get to do that after school program. We get to go to work. We get X, Y, and Z. You can literally put anything in placement of that because the Lord has blessed us. And I think when we start seeing our routines of our life as a blessing, instead of just chores that we check off a list, a lot of things are going to change in our minds. Our mindset is going to shift and shift in a way that's focusing our lives towards God. Because when you change that mindset that you don't have to do these things, you get to do these things, then you're going to start having a spirit of thanksgiving and you're going to start thanking the Lord. And when we start constantly thanking the Lord for things that we don't necessarily always want to do, but we get to do them and they're going to be fruitful to us and we can, you know, plant seeds in those areas of our lives that we never are going to get to plant seeds in. Like I'm not going to be in high school for longer than two more months. And so I get to plant seeds in the younger classmen and my classmates now, but in two months I won't get that opportunity. And while I hate to go to school now and I love to see everyone, but I hate going to classes and I don't enjoy it. I get to go. There's people that don't get an education. And so when I start to shift my heart towards the spirit of thanksgiving, I start to see all these opportunities and these blessings that the Lord has given me. And so when we remove the distraction of having to do things, having like we have to do this. And when we shift our mindsets, we start to see that most of the way that we're thinking about is the actual distraction. I probably could have worded that better. I am going to word it better. Our mindsets, a lot of times, are the distractions. And that might be kind of hard for you to understand, but a lot of times you're so busy thinking about the things you have to do. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do that. That you're not thinking about how it's a blessing that you get to do them in the first place. And when you're thinking about things you have to do, it's really easy to not think about, oh, you know what? God blessed me with this opportunity. And that's the difference. So we ourselves can be the distraction. And so just think about like dealing with the distractions is a whole nother thing because we want to just ignore distractions in general. We want to just, you know, like wipe them out and not have to deal with them. But the Christian way of dealing with things isn't to ignore them, but it is to address them. So 
this is an example I gave at camp. If my buddy's talking to me, that friendship is fruitful. Like I know that they're going to push me towards Christ and I'm going to push them towards Christ. And, you know, it's a reap and sow relationship. If they start talking to me during a sermon and I know they have good intentions, they're not doing anything wrong, but they maybe whisper something to me. The The Christian way of doing things isn't to just ignore them and to just shut it down. The Christian way of doing things is to address it. And you look at them, you're like, hey, I really would like to talk to you. Can you save that and tell me afterwards so that we can both listen to this? And it kind of can be hard at first because, you know, they're your friends and you want to hear them. And so it's like it can be a whole thing. But it is so rewarding. And when you learn how to do it and your friends will start to do it for you when you start stepping out of that, it's all about holding each other accountable. And um, I had written in my notes that being rooted isn't ignoring the tactics of the enemy. It's pulling the light of Jesus out on it and uh, spreading that light and that word of Jesus onto the tactics of the enemy because we don't want to shun them and we don't want to put them in a corner and shame them and ignore them because they're going to take root and grow themselves. We want to address it and shed our light and shed our seeds over it and help it grow and grow in the light. And uh, we're here to build an army for the Lord. We're not here to capture the army of the enemy. And I think that we just forget that sometimes because we're distracted. We're distracted by what we think we should be doing instead of what we should actually be doing. And what we should actually be doing is pretty simple. It doesn't sound simple, but it really is. And um, so I was really just thinking about that. I was also thinking about moving back to the Mary and Martha story. Um, I was just, you know, if you don't know the story of Mary and Martha, basically they were the sisters of Lazarus. Lazarus was the guy that got brought back from the dead. But the, I'm not going to go into the entire context of the story, but basically what you need to know is that Jesus was coming to their house. Mary was so in awe that Jesus was coming. He was going to be in their house, you know, and that was a big deal. It's Jesus Christ. Like I would be freaking out. And so just imagine like a celebrity coming to your house and it being like normal. Like that was how I was thinking of it. Like, but it's different because it's Jesus, you know? And so Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and was asking him questions and was just in awe and praising him. And Martha was cooking, cleaning, doing chores and she was getting angry that Mary wasn't helping her you know the women of the bible they had very strict rules in that culture in that time that the women were to cook and clean and get ready and prepare for guests and there was a whole thing about washing of the feet and like all of that stuff and so Martha was getting the spirit of anger and the spirit of anger came from the spirit of distraction. She was so distracted by all the things she had to do that she wasn't acknowledging Jesus in her house. And she went to Jesus and was like, 
I need Mary to help and basically reacted on that anger. And I was talking with my cousin about this yesterday and uh, he brought to my attention that our God is a jealous God and he wanted that attention to be on him when he was there. And so that's not always to say that Martha was doing anything wrong because she wasn't. Culturally, she was in the right. And the thing about it is if it would have been anyone else in the house, she would have been in the right. But Jesus isn't anyone. Jesus is Jesus. And Jesus doesn't care about culturally right. And he he wants to be with us. And so I was just thinking about like, put that in your own life. Jesus wants to be with you. And sometimes you can be so caught up in your schedules and your sporting events and your school and your work and X, Y, and Z that you don't realize that he is sitting in your heart waiting for you to acknowledge him. And that can be a tough pill to swallow, but just think about it. Like, are you a slave to your schedule or are you a servant of the Lord? And I don't know about y'all, but I am probably a slave to my schedule more than I would like to admit, but I'm working on it. And obviously there's grace there, but the first step is removing distractions. And if your plate is too full, maybe that means sacrifice. And uh, the sacrifice part of following God is always the most difficult for me personally. But like, think about it because we can sit here and say, oh my gosh, if I was Martha, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing all that. Like I would be right there next to Mary asking questions and just being in the Lord's presence. Well, the Lord is in your presence and we are Martha in this story. We are so busy in our everyday lives and we are not willing to let the Lord interrupt our lives. If you want the Lord to interrupt your life, I would suggest you praying a specific prayer that is very powerful and very scary and don't pray it with an expectancy that it's not going to do that much. Because if you pray this prayer, it's going to do a lot. You can sit back and you can say, Lord, interrupt my life. Show me where you need to be more active and show me where I can implicate you more and show me how to interrupt my schedule with you. Our God is a very orderly God. He is not a God of chaos. When there is chaos, there is confusion. And when there's confusion, there is a lot of wrong decisions made. And our God is a God of order. And so he's never going to tell you to not make your schedule. He's never going to, unless you have like an addiction to making schedules, plans and scheduling things are very good. Being a slave to them is not. I'm a very like control type person. I like to have control over situations that I'm in or my friends are in or people that I care about are in. I like to just have that safety blanket of that. But 
I have learned that I am a slave to my schedule. If I plan something, I get really, really, really upset and angry when people bail on me or when they cancel on me or when the schedule doesn't go according to plan. I'm getting a lot better at it, but it was a serious thing that I had for a long time where I would just blow up at any sign of someone changing the plans on me. And that was really hard for me to control. With the grace of God, I think I figured it out, but obviously I'm not perfect and I still have my moments. And so I just want to know if you have fallen a victim to the chains of distraction. And like I said, within distraction lives confusion and we don't serve a confusing God. We serve a God that can sometimes be hard to understand, but there is an answer for everything in the Bible. I definitely don't know all of them. There are still questions that I have asked people that have had years of training on the Bible that they don't know, but God knows all of them. And so whether it's time for us to know all the answers on the earth or in heaven, there is answers to all of our questions and there won't be any confusion in your eternal life. And so I just wanted to really talk to y'all about that because it was just very much on my heart that there is a spirit of distraction, especially with this second semester school year for me graduating. There's so much to plan, so much to do, and there's a lot of distracting stuff. And as I sit here with a sleeping baby boy next to me, who you guys probably could hear snoring, I was just thinking about what a testament that was, that that wasn't a distraction. I was able to put that to the side and get him to sleep and still continue to record just like my plan was to do all day was my plan was to record all day. And this is a perfect example of when I happened to be do, doing really good at not being a slave to my schedule because I knew that I was going to record today, but I didn't set an exact time because I knew if I set a time and it got messed up, then I would get angry and I would not want to record it anymore because I uh, don't sound as pretty when I'm angry. But uh, that is what I have for you guys today. Really think about praying that prayer. And like I said, don't pray that prayer unless you are actually willing to receive the fruits of it. It is a tough pill to swallow. I really hope that you think about the distractions that you have in your life and implicate God in them. Remember, don't ignore them. Our goal is to not ignore the enemy because when you ignore it, it goes in the dark and it takes root there. Shed light on it and let it take root in the light. And you know how to spread that light because you have that light. And I really hope this was helpful to y'all. That is the end of our episode today. I did get my merch store uh, uploaded and it is brand new. The shipping is amazing. We kind of rebranded a little bit. I'm going to be publishing some stuff on there. I do have a sale coming soon. I will have a promo code for y'all next week. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's at the pod rooted. All of the links for everything will be in that bio. And my TikTok is at the podcast rooted where you can find all the links there as well. 
If you don't have social media and you want to buy merch, you can go to Shopify and search for the Rooted store and it should take you right there. We also have an email. It's thepodrooted at gmail.com. If you still can't figure it out and know how to work email, feel free to shoot us at that and we can send you direct links to stuff. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will be right back here Wednesday next week.